0: Welcome to Lit Coaching Podcast. I'm here with my friend Deb. He is a CrossFit athlete, food enthusiast, chef, uh, and coach himself. And so uh, he's got a very diverse experience. He's also a doctor. <laughs> uh, he has his doctorate in, what is it? Nanoscience and Technology. Nanoscience and Technology. So crazy that he went from he's a genius in nanoscience but he's also very much in the health side and so he has a broad level of experience and he's come he's been all over India and so he has a broad experience that I'm really excited to dig into a little bit today um so let's jump into it um so yeah Dave welcome (laughs) to the show man (laughs) so uh yeah, I just want to—I mean—catch up a little bit. We're we're friends. We've been training buddies um, quite a bit in the past. Yeah. We've um, had a good coaching experience together. As yeah. like as you got into CrossFit coaching, I was there to help you get started. Yeah. But uh, yeah, what's what's good? What's going on recently within your life? Yeah, um,
1: I should say that first thing I'm prioritizing is my training. Mm. My dream, I don't know how, whether I'll get it or not, to participate in the CrossFit Games. That's why I'm here, shifting from academics to directly the sport. Yeah. It a a like, totally different feel altogether. Um, so that was the thing, that's why I came to this field and that's what I always dream about it and I'm just doing it. I don't know whether I'll get it, that's my first thing. Along with that, I definitely want to help people, so I am doing it coaching also. Mm. and coaching is not the only thing to get fit so the food part comes in the picture mm. so i'm trying to help throw the food also so that food business i'm running uh, and uh, yeah these are the things basic things
0: i'm doing every day this is yeah yeah <laughs> yeah that's awesome yeah i mean it's been cool to see you and like your own personal journey from being like a power lifter getting into a crossfit because it's a different type of fitness yeah uh i mean real, real quick like how, from becoming, from being a powerlifter, going into CrossFit, like how did your training have to change uh, for that specific performance that you were going for? First struggle was the mobility. It was <laughs> oh. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it was so difficult to hold the bar over it. Because yeah. I never did anything over everything. Yeah, And the uh, gymnastics part, obviously I never did upside down thing. so holding handstand was uh, so difficult doing handstand push up to next level again yeah so those things are uh, like a lot of things to learn a lot of things because in crossfit you need everything mobility agility and strength power everything you cannot think only about one thing Mm -hmm. so it was difficult definitely because the mobility issues uh but yeah I think, and the time was also slightly late for me because when I started, I was only 31 because mm-hmm. I completed my PhD for... So it was 31 years when I was started CrossFit. Yeah. So it was a very late time to get mobility, but it is possible. Yeah. That's what it is. So I think, yeah, those are the, the struggle. There is. And now it's slightly getting better. Yeah. Hopefully it
0: will be better than this. <laughs> yeah. and when, when, uh, when did you realize how much you had to focus on nutrition in order to maximize your performance? Yeah, so I think...
1: Right after joining the CrossFit only, mm. that's time only I, somehow that clicked in my mind because I have seen you eating your lunch, sometimes you come to your box and you bring your mm-hmm. lunch and all, then I thought with Rissi was there. So just I think overall uh, things, let me think about the food I guess, mm. because uh, food is the thing which is, I was totally ignoring earlier, I was thinking that eating at home is the healthiest one to have yeah that's normal concept i think every indian has also if you're eating at home means it's healthy yeah irrespective of what you're eating yeah. the same mind cons- uh, my concept was also so that
0: changed i think after meeting all of you guys yeah yeah so it's like home cooked food is true that it typically is healthier than outside correct but you can also cook Really unhealthy food at home if you choose to, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, so it's like you had it's good to cook from home, but also you learned how you really had to yes, yes. adjust the ingredients you used, the macros that you used, yes. uh, the portions of food that you had, and then you, you ended up getting a uh, like your precision nutrition level mm-hmm. one, right? How yeah. did that benefit your understanding for nutrition?
1: Uh, it does. <clears throat> Uh, like, I had some uh, experience of biochemistry and all this thing earlier mm-hmm. during my uh, PhDs, and Tech, and all these uh, things. Uh, but uh, it was too deep inside uh, about the, the food part of it. Like, how food can be understood in a different perspective. Yeah. It's not about the eating part of it. It's about, the, you know, how you build your habit about it. Mm. So, there's different perspective coming in the picture. So, I... Uh, learned so many things from their patient nutrition, not only Calculating their calories. Mm. It's about how to build a habit to eat those calories again. Yeah, so those things are very important like psychologically You have to understand so many things.
0: Yeah, so those things I come across with the patient nutrition Did That's that, very that does that affect like your food business that you're into now? Where yeah. like you have your own kitchen, right? Yeah, where you prepare food yes. and you send it out for yeah. people for yeah. subscriptions or even like Do you have a dream of having even just like an actual brick and mortar like restaurant where you can people can be coming to your location. But right now you're you're delivering to professional athletes and other individuals around the city. Like has the Background in your experience in your education your certification in precision nutrition. Does that affect the way that you approach your food business?
1: Yeah, definitely definitely it helped uh, the, the way I look into the food now is totally different than the way I was looking at and all these things happen because of the precision nutrition my own uh, like, you know the priorities towards the being athletics uh athleticism like bringing the athleticism in my sport Mm. so those things definitely i when you think about something to uh, do it better you will always dig into that okay how to get better how to get better so that thing always help you to learn more and to do it better in a better way so i think yeah those all things help me a lot
0: yeah Yeah. i think that's awesome uh i mean if, if you guys are listening to this and not watching it Deb is like super lean and jacked. So uh, (laughs) he started out as a crazy strong guy, you know, deadlifting more than I can do on my best day and uh, repping it for many reps. (laughs) And then, uh, but also like when you made your nutrition changes, it was like you got drastically leaner and that really impacted your capacity for doing body weight, gymnastic movements. um, And the, long duration cardiovascular movements like that leanness really affected your overall ability to perform that also impacts your mental confidence as well right I remember
1: one thing I started earlier when I was in university and I was doing just amateur powerlifting kind of thing running maybe one kilometer or two kilometers was tough for me Mm -hmm. it was difficult because uh, my body was heavy definitely but uh, after doing crossfit I got so much confidence in my I just went to run 21 kilometer without any kind of practice, without any kind of warm up. Yeah. Uh, this Airtel Hyderabad Marathon, and I got my good time. Yeah. Just I went because I was doing CrossFit. I know that I can bear the pain. That mm. mentality I have. Yeah. And along with that, the athleticism also there because of the other things I do in the CrossFit, and that's how the result was. I just went, and just. Little bit of warm up. Never practice running that long. I yeah. just 21 kilometer run in one stress. Just finish it. That's fascinating,
0: yeah. That's I, awesome. It's, it's amazing how like uh, CrossFit as an organization changed the way that, it changed a lot of things. And it created a ripple effect across the industry showing how like in a controlled gym environment, you can build a lot of capacity okay. in multiple different energy systems, uh, in strength and endurance, and it's uh it's cool that you can do that within a controlled environment cuz you can program or even create unique dynamic movements um and get the desired training effect in a way that you can't do on say like the sport competition floor or field um and so it's cool that they've kind of turned it into a sport yeah, so uh yeah, yeah. um, Pretty cool. Pretty mean, props to CrossFit organization for doing that. And there's <laughs> yeah. there's always ways to improve. Yeah. And so there's just another organization that has brought something to help develop the field yes, of yes. health and fitness itself. So, uh, but I want to get into a topic today of talking about uh, the Indian diet, the foods. Uh, and India is like this amazing, super diverse. Um, from north to south it is incredibly diverse you know there's, there's many states in India but every state is its own country because it's diverse language diverse peoples diverse traditions yeah. and uh, diverse foods everywhere you go there's something different yeah. and so that's what's amazing about it and the flavors of India are famous worldwide I mean for centuries India has been exporting the stuff that it grows for spices and flavors yeah. and everything worldwide um, just they have so many coveted spices and superfoods and everything and so the Indian subcontinent is is uh, very important in the food profile of the world yeah. and it's funny you end up having Westerners, uh, sometimes i'll get this where like i i find a Wes, westerner who's been exposed to indian food and oftentimes they say indian food is their favorite food <laughs> over whatever they grew up with yeah because it just has that much more flavor there's like layers to it yeah. so i um, wanted to get into a little bit of like hearing your experience and your exposure mm. from north to south what is it what is indian food like what defines indian food to you uh, but then we can get into like what is because every culture, uh, every developed developed country ha- who has a developed food system, um, be it the most populous countries in the world of India and China or even in the U.S. and Europe, there's obesity is a huge problem. Mm-hmm. So there's certain unhealth that is there in every country, yes. and we can kind of go back and forth on what's healthy between Western and Indian, mm-hmm. um, and how can we make Indian food more healthy like what can it, what are some practical actionable things that people can do to prepare in their home mm-hmm. or even order from outside mm-hmm. to get a healthier Indian diet so that's a long long uh, explanation of where we're going but <laughs> what's your uh, in your experience in your sure. upbringing and even in your professional experience of preparing the food mm-hmm. uh, from north to south what is Indian food to you
1: so, I'll explain um, like in the four different parts of the country. Like sure. The north, south. Yeah. Northeast side. Okay. And the western side. So, I belong to the northeast part of it. Okay. So, northeast part of uh, India is, there are eight states basically. Mm-hmm. So, these states are mostly uh, populated with the Mongolites, Mongolites okay. uh, origin. And the uh, food you can say, uh, like seventy percent is to eighty percent is people eat the fermented, uh, fermented, food. Yeah. So there will be some version of fermentation. It can be from your soybeans to bamboo shoot to uh, fish. To there will be different varieties of fermented food, and those foods are eaten on a daily basis. Mm-hmm. That is something like not from Northeast India. You can find it. And uh, South India, as you have experienced, yeah, it's lots of uh, spices and uh, uh, the hotness in the food is uh, very much prominent and along with that, uh, uh, mostly
0: uh, the staple is the rice. Yeah. And there's even fermented foods in South India. Every region has its own fermented food. Yeah. Like here, like dosa dosa. or pickles,
1: things like that. Yeah. Yeah so in the north part of india is mostly like wheat based uh, roti mm. chapatis there are varieties of uh, roti chapatis and all these things would be there and along with that uh, they have mostly vegetarian people in the north belt uh, mm. like and they eat lots of paneer ghee and all these dairy products
0: also a lot for our western listeners what is paneer <laughs> <laughs> Kota's is, Cottage cheese, cheese oh, okay. okay. So then it comes in like it looks like uh, tofu almost, yeah. It comes in a block, yeah. And then you cut it, in, yeah. So, okay, you can <laughs> get in paneer, <laughs> yeah. Okay, <laughs> yeah.
1: So, that those are the things basically. And uh, so, the food uh, varieties are tremendous if mm. you see, uh, but uh, as I from the Northeast India, I'll talk a little bit more about the Northeast part of it. Okay. Uh, so in our daily life, uh, our staple is also mostly rice based because we grow rice mostly and uh, along with that, there will be so much of fermented foods and lots of non-vegetarian items we eat. Uh, so non-vegetarian is like a very common, like mm-hmm. if you have someone say vegetarian, okay, you will be look at it, okay, you are vegetarian, <laughs> something <laughs> oh. like that. Oh, you're vegetarian. <laughs> yeah. So uh, most of the people are non-vegetarian mm-hmm. and uh, meat consumption is used along with that. fish consumption is also there. So not only uh, meat part, uh, fish consumption is very much huge also. Okay. Uh, so the fish state-wise also differs. Mm. So some states, they use lots of fish. So they eat uh, f- fresh fish along with the fermented fish. Then with dry fish. So there are variety of food with the fish only. Mm. So those fish will be like they will just, you know, putting in the curry, get the flavor out of it. And it will be like a nice
0: curry off wow yeah so curries are very common across
1: india uh curries are common but mm. the taste will be totally different because oh. the spices we use in our like notice part of it it is very different from the south india okay. or not india we don't use much of the oil and all these things so mm. food uh, in in uh, many cuisines you can see food are mostly boiled also oh really it's boiled and there will be some fermented fish to get the flavor or maybe some fermented soybean to get the flavor or bamboo shoot fermented one or dry one or raw one they put just to get the flavor so the curry becomes different if you put different flavor the curry is different so Mm -hmm. mostly those fermented different different foods we put in the curry to get different flavors out of it Mm -hmm. so those things are very common Mm -hmm. so that's how the food is and uh, the Normally the problem was, uh, problem is now obesity definitely is becoming a huge problem. Even though they are eating traditional healthy food. So what is happening that their lifestyle is very different nowadays. Mm-hmm. Like mostly sedentary and all. So the consumption is the same. Because yeah. you are eating the same amount of rice, whatever you are doing it. Yeah. So obviously the more calories are coming in, but uh, you are not doing anything. So you are getting silly And uh, other things also along with that, the, because the globalization, everything is available everywhere now from the diet uh, sorry this coke or something like aerated drinks to other fried items are available everywhere Mm. so those consumption are getting like you know it's increasing actually and because of that what is happening that obviously is coming up because Mm. people are eating mostly you know those food only nowadays if they have to eat outside or somewhere if they are eating at home definitely they are eating their good food whatever their boiled or whatever it is but whenever outside means they're always eating those junk
0: so that's the problem is happening as of so like with the globalization or the commercialization of food the quality has gone down a bit very much finding cheaper ingredients Correct. and the access to the highly processed or fried or the sweets uh, those types of foods is increasing people's overall calorie while just the modernization of most cities people are becoming more sedentary yes so true. and that's a problem worldwide yes. yes it's like yes, yes. it's it's almost funny being in the health side because <laughs> it's like i would say we're in the preventative health yes, side yes. where we can teach you habits and programs and you know things to do that can help you build in that physical activity yeah. but where it used to be a natural part of life where you have to walk from place to place uh or your your living is a physically active job like farming um uh, now it's a desk job you're sitting on a computer yeah <laughs> so yeah. like your daily calorie burn that you do went from really high to like way down to almost nothing Yes. Know? just your body's just sustaining its base body structures it's Correct. not you're not supporting activity yes anymore unless you plant it in yeah so that is causing a lot of obesity yes, around yes. the world yes right? yes yes and lots of uh, these drinks
1: people used to drink earlier what was the case like you know in my Uh, site communities they used to prepare their own drink and those are mostly fermented drinking like my community basically we prepare a drink which is called uh rohi or that name of the drink basically so we made it from the rice and it's fermented and you make the drink okay so that is the drink is like common people drink it's like alcohol basically Mm -hmm. one form of alcohol so drink and those are the drinks now what are the drinks are happening like you are getting other drinks i you know soft drinks to hard drinks to everything is available and like you know you are addicted to drink those all of the things whenever you are free or whenever you are sitting or whenever you are doing it mm. so those things are actually like getting lots of problems because it is easily accessible
0: yeah just go out and you get it that's yeah. all so let's say in your experience uh, in the Indian diet whether it's where you're from in northeast India or in North India, or like Rajasthan, or here in South India, um, how has the portions on the plate changed over the years?
1: So, portions I feel like no, normally, whatever the plate looks like, 70% will be the carb only. Okay. So, the carb may be your rice, maybe roti, or I mean like wheat based items, something like that. But uh, earlier, what people used to do, they take out the rice by themselves mm. from the paddy, so mm. they do those pounding things. About oh, wow. they, they have to mill yeah, their own Yeah, they, they have so. to do by themselves every day. Basis they do that. Mm. So morning they will do that throughout the day. It will run. Mm. or maybe for two days they will do it so they the woman's basically used to do those things Mm. so that is the way people used to do they pound it and they take out the husk from the paddy and get the rice out of it Mm -hmm. so what happened basically the nutrition value was high because only the husk is gone the the outer layer of the rice is still there now you can see the brown rice and the same brown rice become white you can when you put in the mill so because of the this machinery so people are using those uh, meals definitely that have that have to be used because the time consumption is very less and effort is very less. Yeah. So you are removing the outer layer of the rice, which is very nutritious. Mm-hmm. So you are getting the, the little bit processed one. Mm. So that's how the thing is right now. So earlier maybe you're eating those uh, rice, which are a little bit of brownish side and a little bit more nutritious, you're eating now the white rice. Yeah, because it is processed in a different way. Mm-hmm. Now that uh, when it, you have lots of fiber, that means right when you have the outer layer of it, the so fibers worse more. Now you are eating totally the simple part of it. Like so, what is happening? Right. The same amount, but the, because of the it is slightly processed,
0: the body will react it differently. So your absorption is faster. Faster, you get a blood sugar spike, it's high. And which causes a crash, yes. and that can lead to insulin resistance. Yes, which is like a major insulin resistance that those huge blood sugar spikes and crashes are a major cause of diabetes. Yes. Yes. So
1: that was the difference. Like, you know, there's a huge difference because earlier people used to do it by themselves. So Mm -hmm. they have to do work. That means, right. So Mm -hmm. they have to wake up in the morning, do the things and then you
0: eat the food. Yeah. So like white rice in itself is not necessarily bad, but when 70% of your plate is that rice, then you're going to get a (laughs) massive blood sugar spike. Yes. That, you know if you have a reasonable portion that's a lot lesser percentage like 30 to 40 percent of your plate then the other percentage of your protein your vegetables your any fats that are in preparation it's going to balance out the absorption so you don't get a super huge spike you'll be a gradual spike and then if your insulin resistance Mm -hmm. uh, is good then you'll be able to absorb that you won't get a huge spike you'll your blood sugar will come back down to normal really quickly but if your portion because of the portions that are folks are having people are having that it's causing this huge spikes and dips and everything else. yes, yes. okay because traditionally the, the
1: food which was eaten now it is slightly different than earlier because the uh, the way it was coming to your plate was different hmm. because they have to do it by themselves hmm. then they cook then they eat so mm-hmm. there's a process now yeah. what you have to do just you get the rice from outside which is already hugely processed mm-hmm. because the outer layer everything nutrition part is gone only that simple part is there and you cook and you eat and you don't do anything you sit in your laptop so mm-hmm. there's vast difference in that system itself
0: yeah so yeah yeah so like because people's activities ch- uh, change change then even the portions of food that they need yes has changed a little changed, bit yes. nowadays yes. so like whereas you may have Benefited from a certain portion whenever you had an active job. Yes. Now you have a sedentary job You don't need as much energy or much for the rice and things like that. So that's interesting. Yeah. Yeah, man so food has gotten more processed no Um, Ingredients besides the processing of uh, staple food like rice like what other ingredients? um, are maybe are very common in cooking in the home and outside of the home mm. that are not necessarily healthy in an Indian diet. Yeah.
1: Second thing is, I feel like it's uh, the oil. Oil? Because, yeah, the fried food are also very common. Mm. Like uh, fried in the sense, like uh, anything curry or anything sabzi or anything you make it, you need oil. Mm. Because you need to fry those spices. Because uh, the spices are very common in the curries, right? So yeah. you put oil, then you put the spices, a little bit fry, then you put the ingredients. So when you when you fry the ingre- the spices, it helps release the spice a little bit? Yes, a little bit. Okay. Because uh, the flavor will come more in mm. that case. Otherwise, it will smell something differently. So yeah. you have to fry a little bit so that the spices give the nice aroma. And then you put the ingredients, then you cook it, then overall the taste will be good. Okay. So that's how they cook. So obviously the oil requirement is there. Yeah. Now it depends what oil you are using also. Hmm. Now because of the advancement in the technologies, uh, people uh, produce different oils nowadays, like palm oil to everything. And it is globalization, everybody can get everything. So they've made cheaper hydrogenated cheaper hydrogenated hydro- oil. oil and all these things. So earlier people used to grind by themselves. Hmm. So in Indian culture, you can see so many different instruments which are uh, run by the human power. So you, so grind, you grind it, your you old, extract the oil Yes, that's how it was actually. Wow. So that was the thing which was earlier. So people definitely following the same tradition of using the oil, but not the way it was processed earlier. Oh. So the processing is different now, you can and because of the, uh, the corruption, what is happening, the oil which was used, which was processed earlier, it was pure. Now they're mixing different things. Adulteration is happening also. Okay. And you are, you are not aware because you don't know that much and you don't have that much of uh, technology to detect every time whatever you're eating. So obviously that adulteration is happening. In mm-hmm. India, it is uh, in slightly you know, more, I think, common than mm-hmm. other places maybe uh, because of the a system to monitor this thing is not that uh, perfect. Okay. So because of that, the Sanches are more to you know do adulteration
0: for in the food. Okay. So, so those things are happening. Right. So in the Indian cooking, like high heat cooking is yes, very common yes, because yes, there's yes. a bit of frying yes. and it's faster mm-hmm. and there's a use like a pressure cooker frequently. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, and with a you know a developing country, there's many homes that just can't afford like a a higher cost oil. Hmm. And so they buy the cheaper oils, cheaper oil, which yeah. happen to be hydrogenated, yes. heavily processed. Yes, yes. And those oils, uh, they promote inflammation, which yeah, increase yeah. it. Yes, and yes. that's like general systemic inflammation. So yes. it makes your joints, it affects your joint health, affects your gut health, it affects your brain health. Mm-hmm. Um, and, um, if you're using too much of it, Yes. Which is com- more common nowadays, would you say? Like using yeah. more than you actually need to release the spices, the yes. aromas? Yeah, yeah. So, so nowadays, so, though,
1: like, you know, because uh, of this junk food, you see, which is like heavily deep fried, like, you know, mm-hmm. potato, those uh, uh, fries and all. So they have understood the taste of it. Yeah. And how it is processed, you put more oil, you get more taste. Obviously, fat is always tasty. Fat is always tasty. <laughs> you fry stuff, it always tastes yeah. good. We're not here to say it doesn't taste good. <laughs> it tastes good every time. <laughs> yeah. Yes. So the same thing is happening with them. Like, they're frying it in too much oil. And, yeah, same thing. Like, you don't know what oil you're using it. Because people don't think much about it nowadays. And, like, you know, because of globalization, everything is available everywhere. Mm. So you get whatever you want. So... And obviously the money matters for many people right so they will try to find the cheaper one the cheapest one mm-hmm. so the cheapest one is obviously it's uh, adulterated or something not good yeah so that's how the things are so earlier maybe the oil they, which they make by themselves and they use it that is different because the cold pressed basically earlier it was all yeah. cold pressed which you do by yourself yeah now it's like all uh, like, you know, machinery processed. Yeah. So obviously like the heat will be there uh, and it will, that the chemical formula of the oil will change tightly because mm. of the heat generation in that. So obviously that thing is different now. Yeah. Same thing is different now.
0: Yeah. So, and the reason they do that hydrogenation, that heavy, proce- heavy processing is so they can increase the shelf life Yes. of the oil yes. because uh, with cold pressed oil, like it will go rancid. Yes. Like it will spoil uh, in less time than something that is hydrogenated heated the the chemical structure of the fats change themselves like you said with that whole process so although it makes it last longer because it's chemically altered that that means your body treats it differently right yes so it creates a different reaction in the body and that's not necessarily a healthy reaction yeah (laughs) yeah obviously
1: so so the same thing works differently now than earlier
0: okay so that's what it Interesting. So the, the portions of food, the processing of food, the ingredients of food aren't necessarily uh, that are, I mean, these common things that are happening in households and in restaurants yes. these days are not helping the health of people. And the same things, let you know, the same things are happening Worldwide, It's yeah. not just here in India. It's, we're not here to bash any one culture. Mm-hmm. Same things are happening like even in my home country of America mm-hmm. where people will use cheaper oils in order to cut down their costs, increase their margins in yes. their restaurant business. Yeah. Or people who are trying to save money on a budget, they'll use a cheaper oil. Mm-hmm. Even in the the advertising, the label that's there on the bottle in the store of the oil is so tricky. Yeah. They, they do everything they can to convince you to buy their product yeah. and they'll find whatever partial truth they can find that they can put on the label. Hmm. Like canola oil. It, yes. It has some omega threes in it. So they'll put omega threes healthy for your heart. <laughs> you know, they can legally say that. <laughs> yeah. uh, but They're not saying about all this other stuff that actually is not helping your heart. (laughs) So, um, it doesn't necessarily counterbalance itself, but, uh, and so like where, say like the frying or the percentage of carbs that are on the plate in India, like in America, it might be the amount of bread that they're using, white Mm. bread, or the amount of cheese that is in the American diet. Americans Mm. love cheese, (laughs) and cheese is so calorie dense. And so it's easy to just increase your calories without even thinking about it because of the dairy consumption of America. So every culture has its own challenges, but where do we go from here? Like, what are you doing right now as far as what you can control in your coaching, in your food business, or what can anyone who's listening to this or watching this go from here to make better food within their home in India, uh, in Indian food preparation? How can you improve the ingredients, or improve the process of cooking uh, or the portions you put on your plate to make it healthier? I think first we should uh, focus
1: on the portion part of it, like, you know, that is the biggest problem which I see, because everyone goes with rice or roti, whatever it is, mm-hmm. it's a 70 to 80% yeah. and along with that they eat other things. Yeah. So it should be in another way, like you eat your veggies, you eat your protein, along with that you eat some kind of it. Carb, so around 30 mm-hmm. to 40 percent this is good enough so that concept has to be reverted so 34 percent is only like one third of your plate yeah <laughs> so you have to cut down to that much so it is difficult definitely because yeah. you are consuming too much of carbs already and from childhood till now yeah it's long time you have been doing the same thing so it mm-hmm. is difficult to change it but that's how i think you have to make the change you yeah. have to cut it down and increase your other things yeah so that is the first thing definitely Along with that, the other things like the oil part of it, yeah. Mm-hmm. as we discussed, it is hydrogenated and it is like you know not good for your health definitely because of different things. And uh, so the frying stuff definitely in Indian uh, culture, it is there already. So you cannot just cut it down and you just stop eating, right? So I think the best way to look at it is like, you know, that oil which you're c- consuming. Maybe mm-hmm. you can source it from the known sources and like, you know, try to get the better version of it. Yeah. And obviously you have to fry it means you need oil. so to get the better version of it so that you can still eat the something good than the bad one so which oils would you recommend for indian cooking so uh i feel definitely the cold pressed any source is good first because mm-hmm. that is like you know uh, not hydrogenated and mm-hmm. that is the first thing you're cutting down along with that uh, i think the coconut oil is i think it's better a yeah. little bit better version of it cold pressed coconut cold oil cold pressed coconut oil mm-hmm. so the a better version of it yeah along with that other things also you can consume sometimes but uh, the most important thing is the cold pressed one I feel like Mm -hmm. if you consume the cold pressed one, whatever oil you're eating it almost better than the other oil whatever you're
0: eating yeah so I guess I've seen some and usually if it's cold pressed it's going to end up being in a better quality packaging to make sure that it's kept stays forest. stays for longer yes, yes. like a uh, extra virgin olive oil will yeah. be in a dark glass bottle yeah if it's properly sourced and processed yes, uh, yes coconut oil if it's cold pressed usually you can keep that in a clear bottle but yeah it's uh it will have clear packaging yes that says, says it's cold pressed yeah or uh can you cold press like a like a peanut oil has a little bit higher smoke point, which means like you can fry you, you can fry with it. Yes. Uh, can you get cold pressed peanut oil? I think you can get it. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Because the earlier the way people produced the uh, peanut oil, uh, they used to do the pounding one only. So uh. obviously, when you're doing the pounding, that is the way the cold presses, right? You're yeah. not doing anything here because you are grinding it and taking out the oil. Yeah. So it that's how it was produced earlier. Hmm. So I think there are some companies they're doing it, they're reviving back actually. So yeah. they are producing those
0: oils now. Okay. So you can get it from them. Yeah. Okay. That's really interesting. Yeah. Okay. Um, so, I mean, what, as far as the, you mentioned the portions, uh, so reducing the carbs. So if, as far as the appetite goes, yeah, if you reduce the carbs or the staple that you have, whether it's mm. a wheat based product or a rice baked product. That means your other things should be, should be a little bit more. So your protein or your vegetables or whatever other type of Indian food that you're, you're adding. So be that the curry or something. And what, uh, I guess, uh, you mentioned that many households in India are vegetarian. Yeah. Um, I know. Yeah. Some part of the North part, basically. Or, yeah. And even it's quite common in India that. People don't have a animal-based protein mm. option every single meal, mm. right? Mm-hmm. So, like, what are the the top vegetarian protein-based options that are made in India, and how how do you prepare those in a way that's healthier, that's gonna mm-hmm. stick with you? Actually, in Indian culture, you can see uh, the use of lentils a lot. Lentils, lentils,
1: uh-huh. and it's a good source of protein for a vegetarian person. Yeah and uh, lentils are varieties of lentils people use sexually in India uh, starting with uh, masoor, Mung- there's varieties of uh, there mm. so I think that is a good source and people normally use sexually lentil every meal you can say um, whether you are eating with a rice or whether you are eating with a roti uh, people consume some kind of a dal mm. or lentils based uh, items so I think what they can do, they can increase the lentil part of it instead of the maybe the simple carb, whatever you're eating, rice or roti. So that is one way they can increase it because already you eat everyday basis and you just have to increase the dal amount than the regular one which you are eating. Yeah. So I think that's one way have to cut down the whole carb in one go. And along with that, vegetables also, sabzi kind of thing. Uh, sabzi is sub-Z, vegetables. Yes, vegetables. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So the vegetables fried basically, it's a yeah. sabzi. So... people eat uh, like on regular basis this abzi part also the only thing is that they have to fry in a better oil which you already talked about and along with that maybe you increase the more uh, vegetable varieties
0: Uh, i think that's how you can control this Hmm. yeah Yeah, so in an indian diet you don't often have to add things like nuts and Mm -hmm. seeds very Mm -hmm. often Mm -hmm. because so much of the Indian food preparation includes the oil yeah. so you don't have to think about adding extra extra things like an avocado or nuts yeah, because yeah. there's plenty of oil in the food preparation and that's yes. important for the flavors right yes, yes, yes. because it's part of releasing the spice flavors and the aromas but also in it's a sanitization kind of thing you're, you're killing any bacteria in the food as well yeah, which yeah. is important across India in different homes mm-hmm. uh, so those are like really good tips. I like that. And um I think in this is something that you've practiced I've seen you practice as well. It's like in when you're making your dal or your lentils, make them thick. Make them thick, yes. Make them thick so that uh because it's thick, you don't have to use as much of your rice or your roti. Yes. Because you can grab it. Yes. <laughs> yes. If it's like very watery, that has less protein content, it's yes. less filling. end up using more of your other ingredients like rice to end up consuming all the water that's in it if it's like a soup then it's not high in protein and you end up using more rice and roti to eat. yeah right yeah so i've even seen you making it thick enough you just eat it with a spoon (laughs) (laughs) you just scoop it up yeah so yeah this is good stuff man this is good it's good um I uh, appreciate the time with you today I appreciate all the tips that you've given I feel like this is just starting the conversation uh, if you're watching this and you're, you're enjoying what you hear and you want to hear more just post some questions in the comments um, but Deb, where can people find you if they want to reach out to you to get food from you yeah. in, in Hyderabad area or if they want to reach out to you for any other kind of consultation um, I'm available in the,
1: all the social networks definitely <laughs> that's how it is uh yeah i am available in my phone all the time like my numbers are so instagram the, instagram page is there already and the numbers everything mentioned there so anyone okay. can reach to me okay so what is your instagram so I my know. name itself my instagram page okay. along with my food business also has a name so okay. my name is Debo that's my instagram name okay my personal one and along with that uh, hunger fix is the brand name. hunger yeah. fix huh? so hunger fix Hyderabad is the insta them for the
0: food business part okay yeah. nice okay i'll <laughs> uh, we'll put that in the show notes and the comments and everything so yeah. people can find you if they want to so yeah. awesome man well thanks for your time <laughs> we'll uh do some training we're here in the <laughs> my own personal Lynchit studio slash workout room and everything so we're <laughs> always dreaming of different workouts and nutrition and everything so yeah. hopefully this isn't the last time we get on the podcast together but thanks for your time today we'll catch yeah. you guys yeah. on the next one